Hey, 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 I'm Heath Parker, and it's fight day. Uh, to get myself in the right headspace for this intro, I just finished watching one of the great classic boxing matches of all time, Muhammad Ali versus Ken Norton 3. Uh, it should then come as no surprise that I'm here today to talk about boxing. What makes it special to me, and why I wanted to play a boxer in Starfinder. So, my dad wasn't around all the time when I was a kid, but when he was, we watched a lot of boxing, and a lot of movies, and sometimes movies about boxing. In fact, one of the fondest memories with my dad is, when I was about 10, we went to the mountains for Christmas break, and he rented, I believe, the first four Rocky movies, and we watched all of them over the course of the vacation. Since then, boxing has always reminded me of my dad, and that nostalgia has fueled my increased interest in the sport as I've gotten older. My dad was a big Tyson fan, so the trifecta of Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, and Lennox Lewis laid the groundwork for everything I knew about boxing in my younger years. As I got older, every now and then I'd miss my dad and get to thinking about him or just get a case of that nostalgia and put on a fight. I remember when John and I lived together the first time and I went through one of my boxing spells. He got really interested too, and we watched all of the Ali Frazier fights. So to me, boxing, and really sports in general, has always been a way to bond with people I care about. Now, you can say that about all sports, really, whether it be soccer or NASCAR, but there's always been something special about boxing. First of all, compared to most sports, boxing feels quite rare. You won't see your favorite fighter in the ring more than three, maybe four times a year. If sports like baseball, football, or soccer are serialized TV shows, then boxing is a blockbuster movie. And the movies you're most excited about you want to see in theaters, in the moment of their cultural relevance. So speaking of movies, the other reason I think I've always gravitated to boxing after all these years is that I'm a fan of great drama, of great stories, great movies. And boxing, more than any other sport, lends itself to that endeavor. I mean, seriously, Google boxing movies, and then Google any other list of sport movies, and I guarantee you, not only will there be significantly more boxing movies, but more of those boxing movies will actually be good films in their own right. I said earlier that my dad introduced me to the Rocky movies at a young age, and despite some of the missteps of the later films in that franchise, I would argue that the first two Rocky movies are some of the greatest examples of classic American cinema. Rocky itself was nominated for nine Academy Awards and won two of them. Aside from that, I can name half a dozen genuinely good films based around the sport. When I was a teenager, my dad introduced me to Million Dollar Baby, and it's still one of my f favorite films. And that's not to mention Raging Bull, Ali, The Fighter, The Boxer, which starred Daniel Day-Lewis, for God's sake. There's just something about boxing that makes for good storytelling. It has built-in drama. The protagonists and the antagonists are easily identifiable, and the sport itself is simple to understand. But despite that simplicity, the genre lends itself to very complex, emotional, interpersonal, and intrapersonal conflict. By now, you may be asking, what does this have to do with Starfinder? I've always been enamored with the mythos, grandeur, and conflict of boxing and boxing films, and I wanted the opportunity to tap into that and embody it by playing a character like Titanium Mike. I also think it's relevant that, much like playing a TTRPG, boxers are essentially playing a combat-based game within a set of limited rules while trying to balance the relationships in their lives. I think at the end of the day... Titanium Mike is my way of saying thank you to my dad and celebrating the ways he's influenced me. 
My mom's an MMA fan, so maybe I'll do one for her and that unique brand of combat sports later on. Anyway, I've gushed about boxing for far too long, so let's get ready to rumble with a little bit more boxing in episode 42, The Great Mike Hype. Lady and gentlemen, sir, what's up? What's up? What's up? How y'all doing? How your mama now? Oh, she's all right. She's all right. Yeah, she's good. good. She's good. How your mom? How you cuz? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Everything good? good. Right. They said they said come see him. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I expected a let's get ready to rumble so hard, and I was thrown off. I thought that. it was coming no, too. To be that, honest, was, yeah. that was the, that was last week's ending deal. I'm not gonna come back in with that no i do have a question for y'all though i do i do have a serious question well maybe not too serious but a question we're waiting so uh, are you waiting are you waiting <laughs> um bated breath. i'm i'm literally holding my breath waiting please say it so i can breathe oh, again. oh well then let my, me take my time my breasts <laughs> are so baited <laughs> um, no. the, the question that i have is that Okay, so we're two books into this adventure path, right? We're two books yeah. in. We're like getting into book three, right? Do you guys feel like we're getting into book three? I know we've been through no. like a lot of RP episodes, but like I promise you, we're this is book three. What we're doing is book three. I don't uh, believe you. Well, I don't either. This is like I a 2.5. I, I kind of do, right to be honest. Guys, why well, would I mean, Adam lie to us? Yeah. He never lied to us. Let me count the ways. But yeah, it's so weird that he's being honest. No, here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing is, is we're two books in, and you know, what is this episode forty-two? The answer to life and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, the deal is, is what what I want to know is when we started this endeavor, when we started playing. You know, Starfinder and started this adventure path. Two books in. Is there anything that you were expecting to face or deal with or like encounter that you haven't yet? Like, I mean, is there something that you were like certain that we would have dealt with at this point that we haven't yet? I'm afraid to say because if I do, then you'll throw it at us. <laughs> uh, That's okay. a really good question, though. I, you know, I mean, Gerblins. Environmental hazards are probably Gerblins. the biggest one for me. Yeah. Environmental really, hazards. That's, that's kind of would be my yeah, environmental answer hazards. If I was going to sure. answer is that Either this, that or- this AP doesn't really have a lot of that in it, you know, compared to some of the other APs where. You know, with Dead Sons, obviously, we all know what the what the environmental hazards is that. The first book, you're in mm. fucking outer space. Void death you know? and stuff, yeah, yeah, void death, and you have to deal with zero gravity and all that. 
And then, of course, with Donna Flame, you have all the kind of exposure to hey, shut up. fire and elemental I'm stuff. I'm that. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, okay, I'm not it's giving spoilers away. I, I'm just I'm saying the general the vibe of that is that you're on the fucking sun, so I imagine <laughs> there's probably some flame environmental <laughs> problems to deal with. Uh, but, you know, against the Iron Throne... It's so specifically like against this one faction who's also very human, you know, like the the whole environmental stuff and the disease and type stuff hasn't really come into play. I mean, I know Heath, you built a character specifically to be against disease and you haven't really faced a lot oh, of look, that, have look, you? I'm not worried about it. I trust you. It's coming. It's totally coming. <laughs> I built this Listen, character. I just run for the books, reason. you know. Well, I mean, that's funny because, uh, John, didn't you, we didn't talk about it in our level up, but you also took a feat this level to increase your fortitude. Yeah, stage, yeah. Right? You it took was the at great, three, yeah, now yeah. it's at five because I took great fortitude. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> yeah. So necessary. Well, I mean, Modified. the thing is, is, I think, I guess, as a group, we were all a little worried about disease, poisons, environmental factors, those type of things. And it hasn't really come up yet, has it? No. Do you think that's going to happen in book three? Are, yep. you, do you, yes. are you guys worried about that <laughs> at happening least, in book three? At least mm. one of those things. I think it's going to happen in, in the next in AP. Mm. The next AP is going to be all about that. You think the yeah. next AP is going to be all about fortitude saves? That's not a bad... I think it's going to be, be all about will saves. Will saves, will saves I was man. Say, I think it's going to be will yeah. saves. I've got that shit in spare. I think it would lead <laughs> you to believe it's going to be about will saves, and it will, but... I think fortitude is still going to come up. Well, I'll tell you what is not a problem in your current situation is fortitude or will saves because it's going to be about reflex saves in your strength because we got a fucking boxing match to do tonight. Seriously. We've got a goddamn boxing match to do. <laughs> fucking titanium Mike is back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mike in the house. Vi- vi- visual humor doesn't work. <laughs> I fucking flex so hard. <laughs> Before we get in the story and we get in the game or whatever, Heath, I got to ask you directly. Did you ever think that your boxing was going to come up in the adventure path? I mean, I know that was a big part of your 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 background and everything like that, but did you ever think you were going to be in a situation where you would actually be boxing again? Um. Short answer, yes. Uh, I trust you really? enough that I thought that you would incorporate it somehow, even if it wasn't in the AP. You know? What yeah. Saying? No, I'm excited. I'm excited about this. Um, before we get into it, look, we got a boxing match to do, and what I wanted to avoid was having this be a series of unarmed attack. Rolls, right? Just back and forth. Yeah. Unarmed attack, unarmed attack, unarmed right. attack. Claw, claw so full with a little back and forth, yeah. Sure, right. So with your help being, you know, knowledgeable in boxing and everything, we've developed this little mini game that we're gonna try out here. We're gonna try we are going to debut a homebrewed mechanic here boxing. I'm Feel free excited. to take it as you want. I'm probably gonna yeah, I'm probably going to develop this as we go through the three fights. But as it stands right now for fight one, I'm going to give you the brief rundown of what the deal is. Okay. 
what it's going to come down to is that there's two pools. You have offensive points and defensive points. And these are going to be six round. We decided these are going to be six round matches, right? Instead of the normal 12 round, this is street fighting. It's going to be six round instead of 12. Each round, you're going to roll your athletics. Your roll on that is the amount of points that you get to put in your offensive point pool. And then you're going to roll a reflex save. And that roll is going to be the amount of defensive points that you have to spend. Okay, so that's two separate pools of points. The offensive points, obviously, you can spend on four different types of punches. A jab, a straight, a hook, and an uppercut. Um, those are increasing in damage values and also in point cost. Your defensive choices are a block and a slip. And those also have varying things. And we'll get to that when we get into the fight. But this is something that we created. And I'm really excited to share this with y'all. Now, what I'm going to ask of the rest of you who are not in this fight, I need you to be the crowd. I need you to be Mike's support team. I need you guys to be engaged in giving us this environment of a fight, right? Can you do that? Is everybody good for this? Is everybody excited to do a fucking boxing uh, yeah. match in Starfinder? Yeah, yeah. see how this plays out for sure. For sure. Yeah. I want to see Mike kick this yeah. perilous ass. The thing is, though, you all are going to roll enthusiasm checks, and if you reach a threshold, you give me inherent bonuses. Oh, nice. <laughs> for I'm real? Lying. Uh, I'm completely uh, lying. Uh, no. We didn't incorporate uh, that. But I was like, maybe he'll so go we didn't. with it. No, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to allow Fell, as your corner man, to roll a, a I think probably, a, what you know, persuasion diplomacy. or di- diplomacy would be the best thing here. <laughs> Got a plus and, zero to that. Uh, nice. Okay. Well, look, if you, if you roll above a 10, you'll give him two extra points to spend on his offensive point by and two extra points to spend on his defense. Oh, fuck That's yeah. generous. I was, I okay. was just making shit up and it turned into real. No, I like it. I like the idea. Like the corner man <laughs> should be involved in some way. And I like that. All right. So here we go. We're in this curtained off area. That's Mike's kind of little prep room which the five of you are in. And you hear this, let's get ready to rumble announcement. And you know that the fight is about to start. And you hear the announcer. It is bright, bright. And he's (laughs) continuing with his let's get ready to rumble through this weird translator device. And he says, in the left corner, we have the Paralith, who is the opponent of Mike. And because he is the opponent of Mike, Mike is going to be the one that he fights. And because he's fighting Mike, he is part of this competition. <laughs> and in the right corner, we have Mike, who is a Vesk, who was a former boxer. You might know him as Titanium Mike because that is his nickname. And because his nickname is Titanium Mike, this is how you might know him. He's a almost regional champ from the far reaches of space. Titanium Mike, the boxer, who is a boxer because he can box. Beat him. And at this point, Mike and Fell kind of start walking towards the ring where the rest of you kind of fan out into the crowd stands. You guys got VIPs. 
VIP seats oh, or whatnot. Side. We're ringside. Yeah, you're like Come right on. there. You're like right in Mike's corner. Well, they, they would walk with. They'd be my entourage until. They okay, sure. You guys kind of walk with him, but only Fell and Mike actually get to the corner of the ring. The rest of them go and sit down. Mike, I gotta ask you, what's going through your head right now? Man, so <clears throat> when we first talked about a three different fight, basically bare knuckle boxing match tournament which is what this is mike freaked out a little bit he was like i haven't Mm -hmm. boxed in in well over a decade i don't know what i'm getting into i know what one of my opponents is but none of the others he kind of counterintuitive to who mike is got freaked out but then when he saw the odds on the bet sheets he was like oh at least for the first fight i'm fucking good like i should be cool uh, never expected that, but he was like, yeah, all right, it, it boosted his confidence. But I will say, having been in his, like, room in the back and walking to the the ring, <clears throat> there's a lot of baggage on this fight because he hasn't boxed in so long. And the last time he boxed, he was completely betrayed by his, like, kind of surrogate father, you know? Like, he he won that fight and was cheated because he couldn't get the knockout. So I think he's uh, dealing with a lot of that baggage, but he's also, more than ever in his life, determined to, whatever these fights are, I'm going to get the fucking knockout. They're not going to go the distance. They're not going to have the chance to go to the points. Right, right. That's significant, right? That's a big deal to Mike. Is like, do not leave it in the hands of the judges. Yeah, he doesn't trust judges. Okay, well, Mike in his orange trunks with white trim, in his orange robe with white trim, approaches the ring. And you step into the ring and you see the paralyph kind of just pacing back and forth in its corner. Now, the paralyph has like this kind of like these plastic guards over its claws. Because if you remember, the paralyph, if it hits, does like this par- paralysis effect but you know despite being pirates the glimshars are are wanting this to be as fair a fight as possible and so they have they have a, they have a and, code and right also the paralyth like they have a code and the paralyth also himself being maybe misunderstood whatever isn't trying to kill mike at all and he has no problems like putting these covers over his nails so as if this is just a straight up fair fight okay as far as that goes so you're in your corner perilous is kind of pacing back and forth what's mike doing in his corner mike is he's pounding his gloves together he's turning to fell and (laughs) ironically he's reassuring fell being like look i know you've never done this job right but look just (laughs) hype me up tell me if i'm missing something that you think i don't see all right and, and you'll be fine. And he turns around, he's still pounding his gloves, but at the same time, he's very much thinking about the what he perceives as a betrayal from his best friend, Zeno. He's still thinking about this, whole, this whole Zeno thing. Yeah, know? and Zeno is not in his corner right now. You got Fell in your corner, and Zeno's in the stands, just kind of probably... Let me ask you, John, how is Zeno feeling not being his cornerman? Well, Zeno feels like he very, very much deserves that, that, that slight. He feels like uh, he did betray uh, his best friend. 
Uh, but he wants to support him however he can. He wants to move past this mistake. Um, he feels very um, remorseful that he withheld this information. All right, so Zeno's feeling like a sad sack. Let's get into this fucking fight. How about that? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do this mini game that me and Adam yeah. created together. Yeah. All right. So the first step of the mini game is that each boxer is going to roll an athletics check. Okay. So go ahead, Mike. Roll your athletics. What'd you get? I rolled really poorly for the first round of this fight. I got a fourteen Uh-oh. total. Ooh, that's not great. All right, the Paralith is the Paralith is going to. So yeah, Mike's kind of like first time fighting in a while. Wait, doesn't Fell have to also oh. roll some kind of check to see if he gets two extra points? Now, if Fell would like to try to like boost him up, he yeah, can absolutely. roll. Yeah, go ahead. So roll. Go ahead and roll your um, diplomacy. So Fell is new at this and shouts out at him. I, I mean, just. Just punch the guy? Fuck, I don't know. I rolled a five. There you go. <laughs> you rolled a five, so yeah, he's very new at this. And Mike's, this, and Mike's like, yeah, I know I gotta punch the guy, you know? like Because that's this totally Mike's be, voice. This is shaping up to be a really bad first round. Alright, so also now I need each boxer to roll a reflex save. I rolled a seven. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, not good. Not good. This is very not good for the first. Come on, fight. knock the rust off. Okay. Just, just so you know, my maximum on <laughs> athletics is thirty-one. I rolled a fourteen. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's what you do with your offensive points. You have four punches to choose from: a jab, which deals one d two damage and costs one offensive point; a straight, which does one d four damage and costs two offensive points a hook which was does 1d6 damage and costs three offensive points and then an uppercut which does 1d8 damage and four offensive point cost so tell me where are you going to spend your 14 offensive points so mike uh throughout his career has never been much of a jab guy he's always been a power puncher uh mike is going to through this round He's going to give four straights, which are like, you know, like a jab is your your weak hand. It's a straight punch to your enemy's face. A straight is your strong hand. Straight punch to your enemy's face. I'm going to do four straights. So how many straights? Four. And I'm going to do one uppercut. Ooh, get him. All right. And you have one point left to spend, so you want to put that on a jab? Yeah, I mean, you might as well. It's, it's at least one free damage, right? Actually, you Actually, have, I have, I have a whole nother straight. I have a whole nother straight. Yeah, so so five straights yeah. and one uppercut. Yeah, which which to me, it's like he's he's trying to counter punch a little bit. He's trying to wait for the other guy to throw punches and then throw a straight in response. And then look. Well, he's got like these straights to kind of like maybe like fake him out and you got this one uppercut that's going to come in when he's least expecting it because yeah. you've been leading with these straights for so exactly. so long exactly. all right so you have seven defensive points to spend now the defensive maneuvers are a block which costs four defensive points 
which reduces a flat minus two to your the opponent's total, total defensive damage. score. Okay. Yeah, okay. right. And then a slip cost eight defensive points, but it's a guaranteed minus four to the total damage. So there's no dice rolls involved in the defense, but they cost more, right? But they are they are a straight reduction in damage. You have seven defensive points to spend, which is pretty crappy. Which means I can only block once and waste three of my defensive points. That's correct. So I will This do is one. where the corner man comes into play, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, <laughs> if I get if I could get my shit together, yeah. Zeno would be so much better at this, probably. What's your diplomacy? What's your diplomacy? No, Ziva would be the best. Ziva would be the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's got the highest. And, and next Ziva. fight, I might take her instead of Zena. <laughs> Ziva's in the Phil crowd going, like screaming over the top of Phil's head, like fucking punch him, Michael. <laughs> All right, so let's roll your damage, Mike, first, because I'm not going to tell you what I spent my what my offensive yeah, point of roll is or what I spent. But let's start with yours. So you got five straights, which equals 5d4. I rolled 14. It's not a bad roll. 14 is not bad, dude. Okay, so you rolled a 14 with your straights, right? And then an uppercut. one uppercut, which is a d8. I rolled a three on the d8. A three on the D8. 17 Okay, so that's 17 total. Okay. Clean his clock, Mike. All right, and then the Paralith is going to do his rolls here, right? So I will tell you now that I'm rolling 4D6. The Paralith seems to favor the hook, so you're noticing this as you're fighting. This Paralith... Throwing four hooks and one jab. It's a D- right, the so, jab is a D2. You have that die? Well, I, I'm just doing evens odds, oh, right? Yeah. For that. Okay. Just trying to not uh, get so cheated. you reduce... Right. Okay. So the at the end of the day, you actually did okay. So round one looks like this. Mike starting at... 104 HP has 14 defensive points, 7 defensive points, does a total damage of 7. Okay. The Paralith was able to reduce 10, right? So it was 17 total, but because the Paralith had a pretty good defensive roll, was able yeah. to reduce that by 10. Um, Mike, you're going to take 7 damage total, which isn't bad. At all. So it's it's a, uh, a tied round. Yeah, yeah. You guys exchanged blows. You traded a lot. So Mike dealt eight damage total, and Paralith did seven damage total. Oh, I win the round. Paralith was able to block more. Yes, the but- Paralith had a. So I will just say for those of you listening, so you can understand the mechanics of this, the Paralith rolled a thirteen on round one for offensive points, and a twenty-two on defensive. points which is what gave him such a significant amount of blockage um all right but that's Mm. round one no but how do you determine no but how do you determine who wins the round 
Okay, so it's going to be the most damage dealt in a round, which means Mike wins round one. one. Round one with eight damage. Okay. Yeah, Mike? you do eight damage. The Paralith does seven total, which is you beat you beat the Paralith by one. So how's the crowd reacting to this? So come so, on, so shake up the Mike, heat. Mike, Mike deals deals like five straights and gets the Paralith kind of confused. And as the Paralith makes its final hook, Mike sees this like opportunity to come in up under the hook and just get a rocking uppercut Ooh. into the Paralith. Blast him in the chin. Oh, that hurt. Yes, yes. Like Zeus, like well. angry, screaming. <laughs> okay, round two. So let's get that athletics roll. Fell wants to, uh, in response to Mike coming to his corner in between rounds. So look, I know that didn't seem great, but you won that round for sure. Just. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, if, if, if you can keep exactly that up and he, he keeps fucking up like that, you, you're good. You're golden. All right. Give me give me some water. All right. Roll that roll that diplomacy, my man. I got a 10. You said the DC was 10, you right? got 10? Yeah. DC is 10s. Nice. Yeah, so, a, so that, that, that gives, matters. Mike, that gives you 21 offensive points. And go ahead and roll your reflex save. Seven. So I, I All right, rolled, but gonna I give rolled you a, a nine. I rolled a nineteen on my athletics, which is good, pretty good. And I rolled a really bad reflex check, but he did boost me. My corner man did. Right, he boosts you to with plus two, so that brings it to a nine. So you have nine defensive points, defensive points to spend, and twenty-one offensive points to spend. So talk to me. What are you gonna do with your offensive points? You've got twenty-one. You know, Mike's going to deal a lot of damage, but he's probably going to take a lot of damage this round, too. Okay, so my offensive points, I'm going to... uh, Mike's going to readjust his strategy a little bit. And being that he got hooked a lot in the last round, he's going to throw some hooks in as well. He's going to drop three Mm -hmm. hooks in this round. He's going to drop three straights in this round and another one uppercut Uh, okay you still have three points to spend so you can add another hook if you'd like oh yeah well i I have two points i have two points left i counted to 19 so i have one more straight yeah i'm sorry you have two points you can add a straight all right and then your defensive i'm gonna do one you got nine points which is a slip one slip okay all right, so let's get some damage rolled here. Let me get four d four on the straights. Ooh, this is this is nerve wracking. On the four d four, right? On the hooks? Just on the straights. Just on the oh, just okay. on the straights. We're not to the okay. hooks yet. Straights okay. are the lowest. Right, I got punches. you. No, he's jabs not jabbing at all. We've already yeah, established so Mike straights. don't jab much. <laughs> <laughs> So 44s give you 12, 12 points 12. on the straights. Okay, let me get 3d6. Come on. Another 12. Ooh, that's pretty yeah. good. Okay. All right, and then one uppercut, which is 1d8. 
<laughs> eight. Oh, yes. oh, eight, my guy. Plus, we're going to add your mm. melee attack. We didn't do it last round. We were supposed to. Uh, but I didn't do it with mine either, which it's fine. It's okay. the same. Okay. So, But you have a melee bonus of nine. So we're, we're, what we've done here is decided that it's one bonus, one melee bonus for the round. So that's an extra plus nine. Which gives you a total of 41 damage dealt before any reduction. That's a huge, huge round for Mike. Okay. Ooh. All right. And now, now the Paralith is going to roll its rolls. He's going to do all them hooks. So that's 5d6. He's just a slipping and a hooking, huh? He's a hooking yep. motherfucker. I've been waiting you know? for somebody oh, to man. say that. <laughs> <laughs> 19 damage. Alright, plus uh, a straight. Uh, minimum damage on that. So that's uh, 20 plus his strength modifier. So that's pretty good. Pretty good hit. Alright, now we talk about our defenses. Mike, you got... How much was it total? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. So Mike, oh. you did one defensive maneuver, which was a one slip. slip. So yep. that's a minus four, right? Yep. All right, and it's going to reduce also by a minus four, which makes it a 37. So total, here's the round. Mike started with 96 HP for this round, got 21 offensive points, nine defensive points, dealt 37 damage total, took 25 damage total, and is ending with 71 HP. The Paralith started with 58 HP, and it's ending with 21 HP. So yeah. it's 71 so, to 21 right ooh. now. Like Mike's so, got this thing pretty locked up. It was a very active round though. It like, was, we, lots of punches. We smashed each other back and forth, but I had way more punches. Yeah, so it was, well, it was a lot of, this round was very offensive and not very defensive. Each of you only executed one defensive maneuver this round. So it was a, it was just like a- a slobber knocker. A, 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 yeah, it was like it was. a slugfest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was a slugfest for sure. All right, we're going into round three. Let me get that athletics check. Go ahead, Fel, and let me get that diplomacy check. Dude, so yeah. how's the crowd reacting as we're doing these rolls? Crowd, we're round two. Mike is easily owning this fight. You're wearing right him down. Now. Keep at it. Watch that woo, defense. Woo, woo. Get him, you see Come on. Uh, everybody roll... Everybody roll a perception. Everybody who's not fighting, everybody but Fell and Mike, roll a perception. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That'll, I don't like this. 25. This came out of nowhere. 25. Okay. Uh, Twenty-four. Big 19 from Warren. Oh, okay. He got the nat 20. He did Zeno get got the, the nat, nat 20. 20. All right. So, Ziva and Oren. You notice some Draylicks in the crowd. Space asparagus. Kind of like, yeah, they're kind of like grinding their teeth, right? And they're just like, like, like very upset about this. Okay. Zeno. Yeah. Zeno, with your critical success, mm -hmm. and I actually have this in my notes, I have a critical su success condition. So I'm so glad awesome. one of you rolled it. You see the Draylicks. You see them exchange glances with each other, some suspicious glances. But you also notice 
you particularly notice that they ever so quickly sideways glance at a reptoid in the crowd wearing like an orange jumpsuit. And when they look at the reptoid, the reptoid doesn't acknowledge their glance at all. At all. But you see that they look directly at him. And then they get up and leave the fight. The Dralix do. The reptoid stays there unaffected. Round oh three. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's roll some fucking athletics checks. So curious. I don't want to like chase after them, you know? I would rather go after the reptoid, man. I, I Can I say what I rolled? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Titanium Mike rolled a 20 on the athletics check and an 18 on the reflex Ooh, that's what you needed, that's, bro. That's yeah. good stuff. You got him. Right, now, let me ask you. He's attacking his swing now, dude. So in the cor- in the corner, Fell is giving him some boost. Are you going to roll that diplomacy check for me? Yes, yeah. I am. I mean, I, co- I come to the corner and I said, uh, look, I know you're not like cut out for this, but you've been doing great. I'm hyped up. I started rough and we're coming up and coming up and coming up and I'm about to knock this motherfucker out. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I rolled Hell a nine yeah. on that. Uh, Fell's response is going to be, yeah, just, just, uh, sure, sure, sure. Cut, cut, cut him up. I don't, I don't know. Get him. Get, get the guy. <laughs> All right. And he taps That's you on the shoulder with his, with his hand, wrapped up boxing hands like, it's fine. I got this. All right, all right. This is going to be an interesting round, I think. Paralith rolled some interesting, interesting things. So, Mike, you rolled a 20 on your offense and an 18 on your defense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and tell I me, where are you going to... Sp- I didn't get diplomacy bonuses. No, you didn't. So, tell me where you're going to spend your 20 offensive points. Mike's trying to go for the kill. Okay. So, Mike's doing... One straight, three or two hooks, and three uppercuts. Okay, so one straight, three hooks. Nope. One straight, two hooks, uh-huh. three uppercuts. Ooh, he's going in for the kill here. Big, big timing. Okay, let's get some damage rolls. Let me get that 1d4. One. Okay. Let me get those 2d6 no, no, no. for the hooks. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yep, no, that's you're right. right. Yeah. 2d6 for the hooks. Come on. Eight. Not bad. All right. Bad. Let me get them 3d8 for the uppercuts. Like, and Mike is just over there. Just like laying into this dude. 13. Alright, so that's a total of 31 damage before any defensive reduction, just so you know. The Paralith... Is that including his modifiers? That is including his modifier. Okay. The Paralith ain't got much this round. The Paralith looks tired as hell. Good. Okay. Gonna roll 2d6, and he's gonna give everything he's got, and rolls max damage on that. Ooh. Is it 12? So, no, it's going to be 21 total. But this is before the defensive maneuvers. Okay. Okay. I, uh, sorry, we should have 
selected this beforehand, but what is your def defensive maneuvers? You got 18 points to spend. 18. I'm going to do two slips. Okay, and it's going to do... That's minus eight. It's minus eight. And then you're going to take minus 12. Yeah, no, the minus 12 is not enough to stop the final uppercut from just lifting the Paralith off the ground. And the Paralith just kind of flies back and it almost looks like slow motion to the crowd. Come on, crowd. Come on, crowd. Woo! And it yes, looks like... Come on. And, and Mike... Mike <gasps> yes, and Mike just... <gasps> and he just comes up with all his best yes! might and launches the Paralith into the ground. He comes off the, the ring at least you know, six inches and then falls back flat on the ground. Knocked Woo! out. Mike Williams, fight one. I just want to say, this this was a very this is a very Mike Tyson round, alright? I'm saying he comes on that, that uppercut off of two fucking slips in a row. He ducks down to his knees to dodge two punches and then gives the most Powerful uppercut from like three feet below torque. where the chin is. Mm. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Get. Straight up little Mac uppercut. And the in the Paralith is knocked the fuck out. And there he runs go, over to the corner. Boy. He runs over the corner and fucking is jumping up and down and he grabs Fell across the ropes and it's like, hey, you fucking help, you done it. We got the goddamn win. Thank you, my and, Prestigious uh, quarter man. Yeah, and then the the um, bright bright kind of like grabs you back and pulls you to the center of the ring, and he says uh, <laughs> through his translator, he says, "Titania Mike is the one who won this fight. Oh he won the fight because he was the one that was better at winning the fight, and because he won the fight, we're naming him the winner of this fight." The Paralith is down because he lost the fight to Titania Mike, who won the fight! <laughs> yeah. Come back in two days where we'll have the second fight against an uplifted bear, which is a very stronger opponent for Mike, who's not used to fighting things that are uplifted or bears. And if they're a bear, they're uplifted. They're going to be a strong contender for Titania Mike, who is the current champion because he won the current fight. Yeah! I just want to say, during that period, Mike starts pounding his chest and, like, doing, like, I don't want to say gang signs, but, like, pointing at his throat where the APA tattoo that he has is. And then when he hears, like, uplifted bear, he starts to, like, turn and be like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to fight goddamn bear. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's uh, okay. gonna be wild, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say okay, I'm throwing so, gang signs, but you know, gang signs. Uh, I want to keep <laughs> yeah, it on the yeah, throwing up some APA signs, you know. Um, so the thing, you know, everybody's celeb celebrating, and Mike, you're just getting like roses tossed at you, and like the Glimshar Pirates definitely like put like a, a like a cape around you that's like a a, a signal of being the current I, champ or whatever and i want to do the nice thing and go and help the paralith up off the ground the paralith gets up and looks at you eye to eye right just it's this inscrutable like expression on his face and then 
it just reaches and grabs you and pulls you in for like this hug and gives you his robe and tries to take your like you know like your your robe's <laughs> belt sash what what's his robe look like <laughs> his robe is blue and white but he I'll, like I'll, just puts it on you yeah no and he I'll tries take to it. take your like yeah it's fine it's fine he can have my orange and white sash and I'll take his robe, and I'll wear it for the next fight. Yeah. And I, t- I, I don't know if he can understand me, but like, I'll wear this next fight with honor. Right. So I imagine you guys celebrate this evening kind of as a group, you know? I mean, far be it for me to, like, hand wave this. Is there anything you want to say that's meaningful, or is it just a night of celebration? Uh, yes. Uh, it, the, que- yeah. the answer to both nothing. questions is yes. <laughs> okay, well, me. what do you got, Heath, then? Uh, uh, yeah, we're celebrating. We're at whatever the nearest bar is. We're all taking shots. We're toasting. I mean, you know, everybody's celebrating me, and that's not like a, a fucking ego thing. Like, I just want a big match or whatever. But at some point, yeah, <clears throat> I like go over to Zeno, and I'm, uh, he's he's probably been sulking. You know, got, uh, I'm not sitting next to bit. you. You know, but you know, it's just like you know. But I am like yeah. I am like supporting you in your time of like you know, you just yeah. won. He was yeah. cheering you, but he's definitely yeah. feeling his feelings about it, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I get a little drunk. I don't know whether he's been drinking or not, but uh, sure. I, like, shrug shrugged supporters off of me at some point and said, hey, give me a moment, I'm going to go take a piss, you know? And I go and I, like, grab Zeno by the shoulder, a little roughly. I, I, I don't need to help you like, piss. Gonna... <laughs> That's... <laughs> but, by the way, I'm not actually going to piss. <sighs> Subterfuge. Yeah. You've always been a quite literal man. Uh, and we, we go off, like, you know, around, like, a, a edge of the, you know, wall or bar or whatever. And I'm like, hey, look. I need a little bit more explanation than we had time for. Why the fuck did you never tell me about this? In all the years we've been friends, you never told me that you were the one... That killed the man that got me charged with fucking murder. And just a kind of a, a, a long look in Mike's eyes, knows he's got to tell him, you know. And he's going to say, Well, you had gotten out with Sedona's aid. It was, it was never the right time. We all fell into this inertia with the Aslanti soon after. And at first I, I thought I was sparing your feelings. But after all the events at Golta, I didn't want to pass with, that, with any regrets. This was something you needed to know. And by then I had realized those were just excuses. In reality, I was ashamed to let this falsehood stand for as long as it had. I didn't want to risk losing your friendship. You know what, John? I'm going to give you an inspiration for that. Oh, oh nice. I, 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 I dig it. I dig it. Um, here's what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need you to roll a d10. All right. Okay. Rolling a d10. Eight. Eight. All right. So... This one is from Jerris Tak from Tigard, Oregon. Hey uh, man, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a particular message 
with this one, but he is one of our Patreon subscribers, yeah. and his support is nonetheless meaningful. Thank you, my boy. So you yeah. have a Jaris. Shout out, man. Yeah, you have your Jaris-piration. All right. Yeah. Did yeah, I do it right, guys? Yeah. You did. Yeah. 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 I'm really wow. proud of you. That's real yeah. cool. All right. That's Nailed it. Really so you have a good time. So, thank you, Jerris. All right, so you have a Jerris inspiration, and thank you, Jerris, for your support. And get in those shout outs. Thank we you want, so much. We want to put those messages out for you. But nonetheless, thank you. Uh, good job, John. The response Mike has is like about 48 out of 55 of what you said sounded like fucking excuses. So I'm going to go celebrate with the people that I know for a fact are my friends. And he walks the fuck away. Ooh. Oh, oh man. Ouch. I just got dabbed on right Ouch. there. Fuck. Whoa, dude. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That 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 rocks Zeno to the Scandalous. core. You know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Oren, you had something? Yeah, Oren can lean over to Ziva at some point and, and, you know, during the thing and say, Captain, uh, did you see those Dralics at the fight? Yes, they were very suspicious-looking asparagus. I don't quite know what that situation was about, but do you have any thoughts on it? I don't know, but I don't like it. I think we probably need to bring our armor underneath our cheerleader outfits next time. But Just to be safe. Bulky and kind of bulge. It's not gonna lay the right yeah, way. It's fine. What? Whatever. Fine. Yes, we can. <laughs> just don't want to get shot, is all, yes. Captain. I'm just, just I throwing it out there. A bit. Sometimes you die from fashion failure or whatever. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and so celebratory shenanigans ensue through the ensue through the night, and y'all were through day two. Is the morning of day. three. Three of your weight here to get your ship upgraded, your gun upgraded, all the things that you're kind of waiting on. Now, I must remind you as a GM that you also are trying to find some information on this Arellos station. That's the only lead that you have of where the rune drive is. Um, it is day three, and you guys kind of crash for the night in the pods, and it's actually Hasachir who wakes you up and he has returned from wherever he went to get get stuff he says oh well it's uh it's a real pleasure to see you in the morning i'm really excited that you're here and i've got the things that you need it shouldn't take too much longer and and fell would you like to take a like a tour of my of my facilities here and i i feel like you would appreciate some of the tools that i have yeah yeah sure absolutely um, so he does. He decks you through a tour, right, of of his little space dock. You obviously are pretty familiar with the space pod, the rest pod facility, and the dining area. But there's a door that kind of exits out of the dining area that you haven't gone through before. And Hashichir takes you through there and goes into this long hallway. He goes through a couple doors, <laughs> opens, keeps going, opens another door, <laughs> opens and you find yourself in front of this control panel and you can like look out the window and it looks out into the bay and you can see the epic tracer there and you and you see this control panel like controls this huge set of like automated tools that are kind of attached to it and it's like like huge tools that are obviously spaceship sized 
to to work on on starcraft you know and uh, he's like this is this is my pride and joy i've spent a lot of time uh, collecting these tools and getting the funds needed to make this and i consider myself one of the best starship repairmen at outpost zed and he like kind of like shows you the computer and kind of like walks you through some of the protocols that it has and some of the functions that it has and it's really quite impressive it has this long arm that reaches out that has like kind of a clamp on it there's like a like an electric saw that helps like cut through things you know and like you know whatever needs to happen whatever you could as an engineer think of what might be needed to improve a starship the tools are all in one inclusive in this huge set of tools and this computer controls and he's hashishir is like super proud of it you know yeah hash that's this is unreal this is i mean god i'm, I'm used to crawling around just little old me with the with a damn wrench and a couple ratchets and maybe a screwdriver like this is man this is something else yeah, I thought, I thought that you might like it. Uh, well, uh, so I'm working on a ship. I'm, I'm going through this list of your stuff. I found the mount that I needed, and I'm going to get started on it. It shouldn't take too long. I just, you know, engineer to engineer, I thought you might like what you see here. <laughs> Is it cool? Do you think I'm cool? <laughs> you have you have no do I have gotten it idea. <laughs> uh, um. no, you you have no idea this this could not be any cooler and you having this man that makes you all right in my book like this is this is just incredible ah uh, well that makes me feel good. I, I thought you might like it. Um, well, all right. That's that's really all I had to show you. But don't you have like a, don't you have like a big date tonight? And he kind of elbows you in the ribs yeah. a little bit. Phil face palms a little bit, like just runs his hand through his hair. He's just like, yeah, uh, hmm, yeah, I do. Uh, so tell me a little bit about this place you. Uh, this place you recommended for the date. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's called uh, it's Talman's Restaurants, and I think she's calling it um, the Tall Ryan's Bistro. Tall Ryan's Bistro. All right. I don't know how she's found the ingredients that she's found, but we have fresh food here on. On Outpost Zed for the first time in a long time. And if you really want to impress this half-red, this is where you need to take her, I'm telling you. I don't know what squidfish eat, I don't but... That's, look, I don't know much of anything about it. I'm, or, 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 or what, who she... I don't... Fuck. <laughs> I don't know what... Hey, let's not put the cart before the horse here. Let's, 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 you gotta feed her before you can find I'm not, that's not what I'm, Hash, come on, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm terrible at this. And on top of that, I don't even know how that would work. Well, that's your problem to figure out, not mine, but I do think that you should take her to this place. It'd be a great place. It's real intimate. And, well, it's new. I bet she hasn't been there before. 
and I think that you could really impress her if you took her here. And don't you have some sort of in with Tamron? I mean, yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, like you say that that's something that doesn't mean anything. None of us have any ins with Tamron. We gotta wait for months to get on the waiting list for this fucking restaurant. Alright, fair, fair. You know what? Yeah, I've got ends with Tamron. Alright, well, dude, you don't gotta brag about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like this dude. Can't fucking win with this guy. Have you made a reservation yet? Uh, shit, no, I haven't. Oh, you're just as bad at this as I am. Yeah, I know it's. You been might want to go. You might want to go check in with your captain there. I bet she can probably help you out. I bet she's probably already made the reservation to her. But yeah, I'm gonna go check with her. Uh, well, good luck. But don't bring her here. I don't have an extra pod. <laughs> I've got an entire starship. I don't think we need She's pods. Where we're going, we don't need pods. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, so do you go? Do you go to Captain? Yeah, I go to go to Ziva. Uh, what do you say, uh, Ziva's? What are you doing when he approaches you? Uh, so when you come in, uh, Ziva's actually gone back to the ship and pulled off some crates of. Uh, clothing and stuff and she has assembled like 17 different potential outfits and they're lined out ready for you when you come back and she's just like oh very perfect timing look come here I wanted to see against this particular skin tone that you've got going on right now I know you can shift it and everything but I think this particular look would search you very very nicely what do you think? Yes, I know. It's beautiful. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong, but thanks. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. Don't even think about it. So, uh, I imagine, like, I imagine that this outfit leaves a lot of fell skins exposed so he can, like, kind of, like, flex his, you know, his chameleon aspect, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like a low cut, like, V-neck. And it's sure. new, new tattoo. It's like a racer back. <laughs> it's got some interesting um, asymmetric uh, lines going on. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, kind of open oh, areas. Uh, so that he can certainly flaunt his uh, his skin situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was an attempt. I know, Roger. I was just going to say. Well, I mean, try this one. Uh, what time is your date? So we know we have plenty of time to get everything uh, worked out. I, uh, I'm not sure yet. I, I need to confirm that with a... She and, uh, drops what she has in her hands. She says, I, I don't have a... It's res- today, right? What? It's today. Yeah, yeah. You don't... Where are you taking her? Uh, Talmarin's new spot. Oh, okay. Well, then you've got the reservation set. So, what time do you see your reserve? I, uh, actually, I don't. Oh, good. Okay. And she, like, immediately starts beeping on things on her, like, uh, personal comm unit and connects with Talmarin to try and set this up swiftly because Phil can't be All left right, so with his like, own devices. Hello. This is Talmarin. How did you get this number? <laughs> Tell me, it's, it's Ziva. Uh, Nariko, Ziva Rajni. Uh, oh, yes. It is a real pleasure to, to meet thou, or to talk to thou. What can I do for thee? 
uh, tell me, I hear that you have a brand new establishment that I believe is uh, a Well, yes, I was the one who told you about my new restaurant. You have reservations this Friday as a group, yes? You're going to come? Yes, of course. But I was wondering if we could perhaps get something set up tonight uh, for our Felino. He has a very special evening with a very special cuttlefish. Ah, this is something that is pleasing to me. I think I can do this for now. However, I am going to have to rearrange some things and piss off some space asparagus. But I do not think that this is a problem. I will make these arrangements for thee because you are some of my favorite people. Uh, you can you can go ahead and mark Fell plus one for tonight at 7.30. Does that sound good? Carmen, you're an absolute angel. Thank you so much. And don't yeah. worry about the spaces, Perigis. I think they're always pissed off, so no worries there. I can't wait to see you Friday. Thank you so much. Yes, I have the most beautiful booth made for thee, and I can't wait for you to see my restaurant and who I have working here, too. Oh, okay. Sounds what wonderful. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> little bit foreboding. Interesting. Okay. Well, you have a wonderful evening. Bye, Damon. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, I will talk to that later. Um, okay. So you hang up on your little mm. communication and then you see Fel who's kind of like waiting with bated breath like uh. it's all taken care of he's going to be at 7.30 at Talmarn's restaurant so I think it's between these two outfits no it's this one here put it almost just see and then that's that's pretty much the, the rest of their time together I imagine right right just- so like basically Ziva helps Fel pick up the perfect outfit and Fel you look sharp as hell you look so sharp. Actually, Ziva, I need you to roll a disguise check. Oh, okie dokie. Ooh. I can do that. Watch me. Because every cuttlefish crazy about a sharp dress <laughs> fell. <laughs> oh, shit. I love it. Taking its Taking its Thank you. Thank you. Oh, shit. Is that I'm I'm sorry. Is that a bluff? What? No, there I should think. be a disguise check. That was a test. Good job, Adam. That's Got it. Accurate. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Twenty four. Okay, Phil, you are going to have a plus two to all charisma rolls for this date because you are looking fine. Yes, I got you, my dude. All right, so let's fast forward. Phil, you arrive mm-hmm. at. Location of which Half Red has asked you to pick her up. Okay. Okay. So it's at her like little domicile. It's like this like weird pipe with a door on it, like a little hatch on it. Uh-huh. But this is the place. I mean, you're looking at the, you know, you're looking at the address or like the coordinates or whatever that she gave you. And you're like, okay, I guess this is it. And Fell knocks on the pipe door. All right, so you knock. It's a few seconds later, the door opens. And you see half red in front of you. Her watery bubble is a clean sphere. Like, it's not, like, wavy in any way. It's, like, a complete, like, perfect sphere around her. Okay? Her actual cuttlefish skin 
instead of being kind of like the deep red orange that it normally is, is like pink, like a really like beautiful pink, not a not an obnoxious pink, not, not like a neon pink or anything, almost a mix between mm-hmm. pink and peach, right? And when you open the door, her her bubble kind of flashes with a quick pink color and then like settles down to a nice more like kind of soft. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, kind of settles to a more like soft <laughs> lilac color. You know what I mean? Um, and she has her little iPad. And when, you, when she opens the door, she holds the iPad up. And there's like a little wave emoji on it. Yeah, so Fell waves back at her and then uh, pulls his uh, communicator out, which or doesn't have an actual physical communicator. We say I brought a tablet. Yeah, yeah, you've got like, you've got your little iPhone. Everybody's yeah, yeah, got, everybody's like, got one on their, uh, in their armor, yeah, yeah. like for their armor. Yeah, so you can communicate. Gotcha. Like, so here's the deal, Josh, just so you know. This entire date is going to have to be communicated with emojis. Yeah, I know. Okay. But you have the means to do such. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have a, you know, a, a uh, take my little phone tablet thing and uh, type out a an arrow, a squid, a thumbs up, a smiley face, and then a question mark. Like... How are you, basically? Okay, okay. Uh, so roll roll a diplomacy check plus two. Uh, sixteen. Okay, that's good. That's good. So you know, basic basic roll there. You had to beat a fifteen. Um, she she understands what it is that you're trying to say, and she puts a picture of a. Um, just so just the general picture of a man right uh-huh. and then she scrubs that and then she puts a big smiley face and a sun you know looking hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> there uh, you go fell's uh skin tone shifts like blushes like his entire body except for the apa tattoo uh blushes just a little bit like trying to keep his cool but you know not not really doing a great job of it um and then uh just kind of gestures to her like well let's let's go let's go yeah and she just kind of comes out of the pipe in one big bubble (laughs) makes this weird pop sound as it comes out you know just like and she's just kind of floating next to you and she wraps a tendril kind of around your waist as you guys make your way to Talman's restaurant called Tall Rhines. And then once she realizes where you're taking her, like once you kind of approach the perimeter of the restaurant, like her iPad is just flashing with like an excited emoji and a wide-eyed emoji and in like food and like, you know, the kind of the praise emoji, like, yeah, like she's super stoked to be here. Um, And you can feel her kind of, watery grip around your waist tighten. <laughs> as uh, <laughs> as a person, as a player, I'm just like, man, this is so fucking weird. <laughs> like, if I could be making, if 
the face that I, as a player, am making right now is the the like eyes scrunchy with the zigzag mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, Fell's digging it. Fell's a uh, big toothy grin, ear to ear. Um, and just I guess leads her into the restaurant. Okay, so you walk into this restaurant, and like the entire decor is like this it's this really surprisingly like hip look where like all the furniture is framed with pipes like scrap pipes that Tamron has found and built like tables out of and chairs out of with this kind of like really soft velvet cushions on everything on the chairs right so you have these like pipe built chairs with cushions velvet cushions in the center there's like a bar that's built out of a long like grate that she found and like was able to weld a little bit into kind of a half of a hexagon right um and when you walk in the hostess station you see one of the Aslanti guards that are Aslanti uh, engineers that you guys got that you gave to Talmarin, like kind of just looking like blank faced, it just says to you in Aslanti, Welcome to Talrines. It is a pleasure to me to have your guest, your patronage here. Do you have a reservation? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I do actually, sir. Uh, if you look on the list, it's uh, Felino Marana. Oh, yes, sir. I see that right here, right this way. And he, like, takes you kind of back into this dimly lit booth, again, with, like, copper piping and, like, somewhere Tamron has found some kind of velvet, like, green velvet fabric to, to upholster all the seats. And you sit in this really intimate kind of two-top. And there's actually like a curtain that like gives you privacy. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys have ever been to a restaurant like this, mm-hmm. but there's like this curtain that kind of s- pulls over your table. So you have this nice privacy. And as he sits, he says, your waiter will be with you shortly, bringing spring water and any libations that you would like to have and he goes back to his hostess station hey hey i i appreciate it buddy and uh good to see you again he just looks at you confused like i have we met before i have no memory of you Mm, that's what i was wondering okay that's what i was wondering but it is if we have met i'm sure it was a pleasure and i hope that your experience here at talrines as is at tall rhines is pleasurable i'm sure it will be thanks and half red seems a little impressed already that you have not only this reservation but you have like this special table you know and you you're like oh don't i know you or whatever you know don't pop that bubble And like uh-huh. no sooner than mm-hmm. you guys get situated, and, an- and another one of the engineers arrives with a decanter of like crystal clear water, and brings it to your table, kind of pours you each a glass. Doesn't say a word, just pours the glass and walks off. And uh, 
then shortly after that, Talman herself arrives. Says, "Hello, fellow." Oh, hey, Tal. Yes, I'm so glad that you've got to see my establishment. And before everyone else at that. What makes you so special, my dear boy? Oh, I see you have a date. Halfred, it's good to see you. And Halfred just kind of like does a winky emoji on um, her little uh, iPad or whatever. It says, may I suggest just doing the chef's choice this evening? I mean, I'm feeling adventurous, and I'll take your recommendation for it. Uh, I, I don't know, like, how, half red, how you feel about that? Just a half red, just does a thumbs up, and then like about three wine glass emojis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yeah, and Talmer, uh, go ahead and bring us a bottle of bottle of good wine. Uh, yes, I will do that for you, Fel. And can I just ask you? What do you think of my staff? And, and Tomron winks. Could not be better. Yes, I thought thou would like it. I will be back, and you will not be disturbed, be disturbed any further. And Tomron leaves, and you know, throughout the course of the night, you know, there's wines brought to your table, these this beautiful five course meal, and it's incredible, like. Talmarin definitely has found some sort of connection to actual ingredients. This isn't synthesized food. This is like real good, meaningful food. And like, it's probably the best meal that Fell has had, certainly since the start of this adventure, but maybe since, you know, being ever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> might be ever. Yeah. So we won't get too much into the food. What I want you to tell me, kind of just generally, is. What what is the conversation between you and Halfred here? Halfred is certainly very into you, is giving you all the emojis that are showing signs of being engaged in the date and like enamored with you. I think Fel would want to and she'd probably be interested in knowing like he left and then he came back so a little something of what happened while he was so there. you kind of tell while your like gone. hero story a little bit yeah and i've got some emojis lined all up right to, let's hear it to try and do that let's hear it lay right, it on so, us man here we go alligator chain explosion dizzy soldier okay and like her colors are changing appropriately to to your kind of explanation, you know. There's like this kind of yellow color of fear as you're describing the situation, and then like I don't know what what is the color of pride? Purple, right? Some pride, some yeah. some purple as you kind of talk about some of your successes. Some red as you talk about some of the things that pisses her off about the Aslanti and what they were doing there, you know, some, mm-hmm. some anger, um, some green, a little slight shades of green and envy of not being able to be there with you to, to help, you know? Um, and then of certainly some deep pinks of just uh, being enamored with you and your heroic <laughs> endeavors that yeah. you did, you know? I've got another one lined okay. up for that, for the heroic endeavor. Robot, 
two people holding hands, a uh, mechanic like person with a wrench, uh, and he points to himself as he does that, exhausted, uh, a sweating face, a uh, running person, an arrow pointing towards a spaceship. Okay, roll a diplomacy check on that. All right. That's a lot that you're communicating there, you know. That is plus two. a 13 plus two, so 15. 15 is what you got to hit. So you're, you're able to convey your story, and Half Red is literally melting in her seat. Like, her bubble is just like... <laughs> like, like, at the risk of being crude, she's wet. Splish. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm just yeah, splish, that shit out. Yeah, splish. Oh, yeah, give me the water splash emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. You know, I, I hope she this cer- is good radio she's, for everyone at home. <laughs> she certainly yeah. conveys through her emojis this sense of missing you. No, she she shows a picture of a man, and then she you know those like singular black dots that are in emojis that like people mm-hmm. play connect four with with emojis. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All right. So she does a picture of a man, two black dots. And then, like, kind of a point emoji to to you. So, roll a sense motive. Okay. With the plus two. All right. So that's a plus seven total. That is a fourteen. You're kind of confused of what she's trying to say here, um, and so she tries again, right? And she and she does a pointy emoji and like angles her iPad so it's clearly pointing to you right mm-hmm. and then she does puts a time like a clock on there and then a crying face right oh yeah so let's roll let's roll that sense motive one more time I think I the player yeah, I got think the it. player probably understands yeah, I think Fel gets it too with a 25. Yeah, so you get that she was really worried about you and missed you, right? And that the black eyes, you're like, oh, oh, she's talking. She's talking about my eyes. Those black orbs are talking about my eyes, trying uh, to okay. specify which man she was talking about. And then, like, once she establishes that she missed you, she, like, puts a heart emoji and a happy emoji and a dinner emoji to try to like basically indicate that she's glad that you're here and then she like hesitates for a moment she's like typing something in her iPad you can't see what it is and then she does a couple backspaces she types something else the whole time just hearing yeah backspace 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 and then she her the whole while her color aura is just blushing it's like this deep pink red yes. and it's not the angry red right this is the red of passion yeah. and she finally like the cuttlefish the cuttlefish lifeless eyes <laughs> just looks <laughs> at you and her whole water bubble kind of like expands out as full as it can get as clean as a orb as it can get. She finally turns her iPad towards you. And there's a picture of a fish, a peach, 
Uh-huh. A man. Uh-huh. And an eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> and then a question mark. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, we made it, boys. We did. It's we canon now, now, dude. It's canon now. We did. And this cool, is man. towards the end of the night, fish. right? Like after you, you know, yeah. like this is not early. This y'all are a little sauced up. Y'all yeah, yeah, wine this girl. is definitely. You know what I'm like, saying, Phil? This is two bottles of wine deep, five courses in. You're you're eating your dessert, you know, like as this happens. So I got something for okay. a a. Uh, yeah, the, the same thing that she did to gesture me, like the, the face, the two dots, uh-huh. and then a man swimming. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, dirty dog. <laughs> All right. So we're going to cut the scene there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, so, Fel, so what it comes down to is Fel and Half Red retires to Half Red's domicile. And can, can we just get an answer quick? I don't want details. Just a quick answer. Was how did that go? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Roll ro- ro- performance. Yeah. Yeah. Performance okay. <laughs> check. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it for fun. Let's do it for fun. Let's roll a little performance no. check for oh, fun. Where, you got There is a, a performance bonus, of Starfinder, though, dude. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, we'll roll. Let's roll an acrobatics. Acrobatics. And I'm gonna give, you give you a, her a big I'm gonna bonus. Give, I'm gonna give you a plus ten because she's into it. You know. He's probably pretty good at acrobatics. <laughs> right. Uh, third. No, wait, plus ten, plus ten. It'd be tw- twenty-three total. Twenty-three total. Let's say that both parties were pretty satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal. So, Phil, you're spending the night at Alfred's house, right? <laughs> we did. Okay. <laughs> the rest of you, I imagine, are back at Hashichir's space dock. Celebrating Mike's win, drinking, having a good time. You finally retire to the pods, get some sleep. Things are feeling good. You guys are feeling good. It's been a pretty good day, I think, overall for everybody. As you're sleeping, around two in the morning, you hear the sound of a loud explosion. Echoing from the repair bay, briefly shaking the nearby walls, waking you all up. Fire alarms ping in all the chambers. And all of you within the rejuvenation pods are awoken and alerted to this disaster. A brief blackout happens in the space dock, plunging it into darkness before dim emergency lights flicker along the floor and illuminate the rooms. And we'll fucking see ya. Oh, what the what fuck? fuck, man? Are you fucking Oof. kidding me? Oh. I did 28 <laughs> minutes of goddamn cuttlefish sex and then get blown up? I mean, you quit. I mean, you gotta get in that club. Talk about a climax. This episode has been sponsored by Roll20. This is how we roll.